This is the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network here on Wrestlemania Sunday. What's going on, everyone? I am Dave Rosenbluth, joined with Kobe Nida, and we are here to give you guys a Wrestlemania weekend recap just hours before Wrestlemania 35. We're also going to give you a, a, a loose preview of some of the matches from Wrestlemania 35, but we got a great show planned for you today. we got the, the recap of NXT TakeOver, the G1 card from Madison Square Garden, the WWE Hall. Hall of Fame, and like I said, WrestleMania 35 preview. Joining me, of course, the mayor of the uh, of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, the Dr. Frankenstein, the mad scientist, if you will, that has helped put this all together, my man, Kobe Nida. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Dave? Actually, hold on. Let me start, like, lightning and electrocution sound effects for, like, 10 minutes and sit in my chair since I'm the... The, the Dr. Frankenstein, <laughs> like PCO. Uh, oh, yeah. We're going to be relevant. That's oh, right. God, that was a little brutal. Um, Just hey, little. what's going on, everybody? Uh, happy wrestling. And uh, I hope everybody in, is enjoying the weekend. And we just want to run down the cards that uh, have happened on Friday and Saturday. These special cards, um, kind of Gaijin centric, if you will. So, uh, yeah, Dave and I are going to be doing that. And then we're going to be talking about the Hall of Fame and then uh, talking about. Wrestlemania. Wrestlemania. Hey, what are you doing for Wrestlemania, Dave? Um, I'm going to have a few people over, have a little Wrestlemania party, a couple buddies of mine from my, my, my day job, the job that pays the bills, not this job, but the job that pays the bills. Um, a few guys coming over, my wife's going to watch with us. Uh, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to have a good old time. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Nothing major. I'm not going to fill the whole basement up with a bunch of people cause then they can get rowdy. But, um, yeah, just a few friends and, uh, indulge in a little Wrestlemania. I told everyone to bring a, a pillow and a blanket because it's going to be a long <laughs> one. Um, that's for sure. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be sleepover mania. If, uh, if, if, uh, you know, these, these matches tend to go a little too long. So, um, yeah, but you know, nothing, nothing too extravagant when it comes to a, uh, a party in the Rosenbluth house. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. what about you? Are you guys going to ha- have some good food? Uh, oh, it's it's me and the molehole guys. It's me, TJ, Sean, Jimmy, Gogs, and Alec hanging out at Gogs' house, uh, the molehole crew. Um, projector over there in the basement, and usually pizza and cookies and some beer here and there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a long one again. Uh, last year, I like I left during one of the boring matches and made it before the main event because uh, Gogs lives so close, and I was like, I need to get in bed to watch this main event because uh, it was running so late. Hopefully that's not the case this year. I'm looking forward to it either way, hanging with the guys. We always riff and uh, have some fun over there. So, yeah, um, WrestleMania parties all around for the Retromania crew. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a good time. It's always a good time, the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. Um, certainly looking forward to it it's been it's been a pretty uh, packed weekend uh so far with a lot that's gone on. it's been pretty crazy especially last night um but you know okay. why don't why don't we get into before we get into last night because there was a lot of shit that went on last night let's talk about friday night and nxt takeover new york from brooklyn why don't we uh why, why don't we kick it off with what arguably many people are already saying is the show of the year oh yeah this was great they always uh they never fail to amaze me 
they always top the next one. Um, oh, yeah, I think for we've sure. always talked about it with uh, Sean and Jimmy and I is that the, the only bad one that they had was maybe that UK London one um, that they did with, like, it was like a steel cage with Balor and uh, Joe that was oh, kind of um, like lackluster. But every, every one, every, ever since then, sorry, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ever since then, they've topped it. Each one has just gotten progressively better and better. Um, and this one did not fail. We started it hot off the um, off the top with a tag team match, and it was for the NXT tag team titles. Hanson and Rowe defeating Aleister Black and Ricochet, the winners of the Dusty Tag Team Classic 1840. What a hell of a match, man. Oh, yeah, you know, and I'll be honest with you, um, because we've seen a lot of Ricochet and Aleister Black on the main roster, um, I didn't think this was going to be a bad match, but we kind of knew what the result was going to be based on the fact that they're on tonight's WrestleMania card. So mm. I was, I, I mean, I, I I didn't have high hopes for it in terms of like, you know, um, a uh, an, an exciting end to it. I figured, you know, okay, they're going to put the, they're going to put the War Raiders over and they're going to move up to the main roster and the War Raiders are going to have a big feather in their cap for being two um, well-established guys like Ricochet and um, Aleister Black, at least well-established in the land of NXT and man I was I was amazed I was wowed by you know what they were doing and putting out there like you said they just top themselves and get better and better progressively and um you know I was like holy cow they set the bar pretty high you know I mean it's Wrestlemania weekend so you have to but um I was thoroughly impressed and really enjoyed the hell out of this match and at one point and and, at one point I thought they were gonna win and walk into Wrestlemania with the NXT tag team titles that's how good this match was would have been cool. Would have been cool um, to feature that on your main card, WrestleMania. But yeah, just nonstop here. Um, Hanson and Rowe pulling it out again. They had a hell of a match with um, Undisputed Era before the pay per view before, and and this one was another one where they just were full head of steam. These guys uh, getting the rub, like you said, by Aleister Black and Ricochet, two guys that they respect a lot, and there was a lot of respect shown after that. Great match. Um, Moving on, let's go to Velveteen Dream defeating Matt Riddle, seventeen forty-five for the North American Championship. What do you think of this one? Um, I was looking forward to this match. Uh, one of these, it, it, this is probably my the, the second favorite match in terms of what I was looking forward to heading into the event, and they didn't disappoint. Um, you know, between Velveteen Dream's entrance with the the Statue of Liberty. Um, and just the overall psychology of it, the taunting of Riddle, um, I, and, and Riddle kind of playing up a little bit of a heel in this match uh, because Dream was so over, um, you know, with the Brooklyn crowd. I, I really enjoyed yes. it, and I and I enjoyed the finish. A lot of people picked Riddle to win this, but I was sticking with Dream uh, because literally he just got the title, and um, you know, I think with some of the recent call-ups to the main roster, Dream's going to have a bigger spotlight um, on NXT now as the North American champion. So I was, I love the finish and the counters with the finish um, with Riddle and Dream. Just overall, it was a really fun match. The, the, it was paced really well. It had a, started off, you know, it just progressively built in the story, and I thought it was a really good match. And another one of those, like, damn, they almost topped her. They pretty much topped the tag match. It was, like you said, progressively Agreed. getting better. So 
Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing. And plus, I wanted to see these two wrestle more on NXT against each other. I don't want this to this rivalry to end because I think this rivalry has some legs with these two guys. They work well together. The back and forth promos on the mic and just their personalities, like they have good chemistry. So I'm looking forward to seeing what these two um, are going to do with each other moving forward. But yeah, definitely like the match, and uh, I, I was pleased with the finish. Yeah, they kind of showed a little respect at the end, too. So yeah. not sure where they're going either with that. But uh, Matt Riddle did kind of lean towards the heel, like you said, at the end. He was getting a little more aggressive. Um, and I love Matt Riddle. He is the perfect fusion of a wrestler right now um, with what they want for, like, the UFC mixed martial arts crossover. Um, and uh, very reminiscent to, like, the, the Von Erics in a way. <laughs> because of the no shoes and then just the free spirit as well. Yeah, um, that's a good way of putting so, it. I didn't even think of that. So, uh, yeah, I, I liked this one. Uh, got better, but let's go to the next match. My favorite on the card. This one stole it for me. Walter defeating Pete Dunne 25-40 to become the new NXT UK heavyweight champion. Man, what a fucking match. This was awesome. Counters, the psychology, it started off slow. Walter just um, getting kind of like picked by Pete Dunne, but cutting him off. And then it got heavier and heavier. And then Pete Dunne coming with harder moves and then trying to fight back. And Walter just with those chops, man, it's nasty. His hand was, you know, his hand's like the size of Pete Dunne's head. Um, <laughs> And uh, then the the amazing, like, big boot to the face that looked brutal. And then he finishes it with a big splash to Pete Dunne. Um, man, it, it, this was my favorite match. On the, This was my favorite match on the card. Uh, this was beyond, it blew me out of the water. This, like, took me by surprise. Uh, first time seeing Walter as well, and I was very impressed. Um, great match. And this just put more... Um, put more oomph behind Pete Dunne. I don't think it hurt him at all. Oh, no, it certainly didn't. And I'm right there with you. Uh, match of the night, it stole it. Um, favorite, the, the match I was looking forward to the most on this card um, because I'd never seen Walter wrestle live on TV. Um, I've seen some stuff on YouTube, um, you know, his time in WXW over in Germany, um, as well as, um, you know, some stuff he'd done with um, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla here in the States, out in Southern California. Um, just impressive. He reminds me a lot of, like, a cross between, like, Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe in terms of, like, the physicality that he brings to a match and with those chops, very, too. Like, so yeah. I, I was trying to—I was—, I was really looking forward to seeing what he was going to bring to a guy like Pete Dunn. I didn't expect this to be as back and forth. Um, I expected it to be a good match, but I didn't expect it to be as back and forth as, it, as they, they presented it to us. And like you said, the psychology, it's starting out really slow and the counters. What I love the most about this match um, was Pete Dunn's psychology in the match and the fact that even though he was smaller and at times he, he managed to, you know, use his strength to overpower the size of Walter. He stuck with what he knew. And that was this, that was working on the fingers, um, throughout the entire match. At some point he managed to work on 
Walter's fingers, and Walter sold it perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because any t- – I'll be honest with you. I don't care how big you are, how strong you are. You stub your toe or you, you jam your finger or your thumb in a, in, or in, a, in, a, in a doorway or you get your finger, you know, pulled by another guy, ripped, at, you know, where it's not supposed to, that hurts. I don't care how big and tough you are. That hurts. And Walter sold it, and I just loved how Dunn worked on it and made you believe throughout that whole match that he was going to – he had a chance at winning because obviously he was at the disadvantage going into the match, even as a champion because of Walter's size. So I love the psychology. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between the two, but if Dunn moves on from NXT UK, I don't have a problem with that either. And from what I'm hearing, there's a good chance that he might move up to, um, NXT here domestically in the United States. And I think he'd be a good addition. He's, he, he's worked with some of the guys on the roster before, and kind of adding that international flavor to the NXT brand domestically here in the United States, I think would be a good fit for him. And Walter, Walter's going to be the king of that castle over in the NXT UK. And I look forward to seeing what he's going to do too, but definitely stole it for me. I, I looked forward to this match the most and it over delivered. And then some, it was, it was awesome. Yes. Agreed. Um, moving on the semi main event, Shayna Baszler, defends her NXT Women's Championship and beats Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane in 1540 in a fatal four-way. What'd you think of this one, Dave? Um, it wasn't bad. I think it was in a tough spot because Walter and Dunn was so good. And, you know, mm-hmm. here's one thing I want to kind of backtrack a little bit regarding Walter and Dunn that kind of ties into um, this match. Um, Walter and Dunn, it's a different style of wrestling. The English style of wrestling is something that fans here in the United States don't have as much exposure to unless you're really, you know, a diehard and you're watching NXT UK or you watch a lot of the, uh, you know, English wrestling over on YouTube or online. Um, And I felt like that they didn't have an appreciation for it. But as the match progressed, they started to get into it more Um, and they They started to understand it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um I think because the match was so good and people were just blown away by it that they were almost like out of breath with the girls match. And the girls match was good. Don't get me wrong. They, they, like it was just in a tough spot. Oh, it was it, fast paced. Yeah, uh, it was a very fast do, paced. They had to. Yeah, they had to pick it up a little bit um, to, to get the crowd a little amped up, especially with the next match coming up. That would be nearly 45 minutes taking up the airtime, you know, so uh, these women pulled it out, though, with 15 minutes, a, a hell of a match. You get uh, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane breaking up each other's pins at the end to cause each other um, the title. And then Shayna Baszler hooking that on Bianca Belair, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was a cool story, too, in the fact that, like, um you know, Shirai and Kane were, you know, friends going into this match. And for the most part, they're working with each other early parts of the match. But at some point, something had to give because it was for the title. And I liked how they built up to that and then eventually breaking up the pins. It wasn't like this, you know, this big blow up between the two of them because they both knew at the end of the day that it was all about competition and it was about, you know, winning the title. Um, and Baszler pulling it out. Like, Baszler also, you know, in the past few weeks on NXT TV has had the advantage with um, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir, you know, backing her up and getting involved in her matches. So um, she, she pulled this one out, you know, by herself, which I thought was, um, which I thought was very good. Not her best effort um, in an NXT title match, but um, I, I certainly wasn't, 
I, I certainly wasn't seeing um, Shayna Baszler leave NXT. I, this was one of those matches where I thought, like, okay, like she's going to keep the belt for a little while because there's not as much depth on the women's roster on NXT, and they still kind of need her. Whereas you put her up on the main roster, forget about it. She's she, she unless Ronda's with her, you're not going to see much of Shayna Baszler on the main roster currently right now. Well, also, like you said, um, she's kind of there to help get Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir uh, yeah. kind of prepared and in the ring. So they'll work together, I think, a little bit more and kind of go against maybe these three. Maybe it can be Bianca teaming with Shirai and Sane against Baszler and uh, her two cronies for the next one. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? We'll but see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, let's go on to the main event here. Johnny Gargano defe- beats Adam Cole. Two out of three falls. Two falls to one fall. Uh, 38 minutes and 13 seconds to become the new NXT heavyweight champion and the first ever triple crown champion at NXT. Man, yep. what a hell of a match. Great storytelling throughout. Um, Adam Cole gets a quick victory first with the last shot um then johnny gargano submits adam cole really quickly and then it breaks down with the uh undisputed era coming out at the end and causing a distraction i love kyle o'reilly scraping the eyes um that was that was dirty and then they come in and do their uh their finisher the total elimination in a way the last dragon um and then we get the near fall man i thought i thought adam cole was winning it there and that was the biggest pop of the night when johnny gargano kicked out of that when he got a last shot and then a super kick to the face and the back of the head uh the crowd went apeshit over that and uh then gargano pulls it out um he just comes out of nowhere and uh (sighs) he wins it uh adam cole has to tap and we have a new champion. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll be honest with you, in the beginning, um, I, I mean, it was a well-paced match, but in the beginning, um, you know, I was, uh, I, w- I was waiting for it to pick up. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's just, my, maybe that's just me being impatient. Um, and then they, they delivered in terms of, you know, picking up the pace for this match. Um, no, I agree. I agree. It was a little slow at the beginning. Yeah, but I mean that's you know what that's that's just part of the story. You just kind of gotta like stick with it and follow through. And, also, the two out of three falls match is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You know, maybe I'm just being a little new, too nitpicky here. But um, overall, fantastic match. Great storytelling. Um, you know, I will say this: um, the story of Gargano not winning the big one, um, and and you know going into it, I thought was very well done. Cole was another, Adam Cole was another guy who, uh, you know, he's had a shoddy last few months at best on NXT. Um, however, I will say, um, you know, the, the interference with Undisputed Era, I, I get it. I understand it. However, um, they practically murdered him, you know, Johnny Gargano, and he still kicked out. Well, it was no, like, he kind of fought back, though. Well, yeah, uh, he but did it, that, yeah, the, that great spinning DDT to Kyle O'Reilly while kicking Bobby Fish in the face. That was pretty cool. Well, yeah, um, no, but, I'm, yeah, no, I was getting there. I mean, just like in terms of like, I don't know, I just felt like I don't know. I, I felt like well, I get I get why they put it in there. I get why it was needed, but at the same time, like, you know, 
it wasn't needed. I, you know what I mean? Like these two were putting on a great match, um, and it, and at one point I felt like, well, you know, after they did all those double team maneuvers and like. Cole had to win. You know what I mean? I felt like Adam Cole, after all that, had to win. And it's one of those instances where um, I think false finishes get overused in wrestling. And there was a few points in this match where it was great, especially at the end. There were some great false finishes. And I was like, holy cow, this match isn't over. Like, this is great. And then there were other times where I was like, you know what? That should have been the end. Like, that should have been it, you know? And... But at the okay. same time, I, I'm not I'm not complaining about the match in terms of the quality of it. I really am not. You know, maybe maybe I'm just being a little too nitpicky, but I felt like Johnny Gargano plays a good underdog. OK, and he's almost like this modern day version of Tommy Dreamer and what Tommy Dreamer was to Raven. You know what I mean? And their storyline. I felt like Gargano thrived off thrives off of being the underdog and. The perennial loser. Yes, you gotta win sometimes. Don't get me wrong, you do. But I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not mad at the finish. He deserves it. But mm-hmm. maybe the maybe the story of him chasing Cole for the title would have been the better solution. But at the same time, it looks like they might be splitting up Undisputed Era, or at least starting to split up between Cole and the other three based off of the finish. So at the end of the day, if it's to serve Adam Cole in a singles role without the rest of those guys, then yeah, all of that, you know, Gaga and shenanigans makes sense. But I'm not complaining about the quality of the match. I just felt a few times it was like, all right, he kicked out of all of that. Like, come on, you know, what do you think? I don't, what do you think of my take on it? I want, I want your honest um, opinion. No bullshit here. I, I, I think the story going into it, Johnny Gargano kind of went to the dark side. And uh, he's got this super strength and this power behind him because he, he, he com- came back from this, you know, this shit with Ciampa. Um, and then they kind of joined together and that, that he's, he's fueled off of the story of Ciampa, too. And yep. he needed this. Uh, he really needed this. So I, I believed every purpose behind it. I'm sure Jimmy will will, will agree with you, though, because uh, he doesn't like Gargano at all. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like Gargano. I do. I'll I'm have not to get his opinion later. Um, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. But for the match sake, it, it was great. And uh, the end there, the final touch with Candice coming out and then Ciampa coming out at the, yeah. at the top of the ramp. And in a neck brace, embracing the three and them kind of celebrating. And like you said, Undisputed was kind of like, you got this. You had that at the end. So who's to say what's going to happen with them? I would like them to be called up and kind of working with maybe AJ or something or uh, I don't know, uh, something innovative. Um, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing them stay for at least till. Yeah. Let's say around like SummerSlam Survivor Series time, like you call them up. You know what I mean? Okay. I wouldn't, mind, like I wouldn't said, mind seeing them come up around that time. And like you said, maybe there's maybe they screw Johnny over and they get the title and then he has to chase it. You know, this is the yeah. story. Like he had it. Like he, like you said, he he is better at chasing, but uh, you got to get one every now and then. Uh, yeah. I think it was a good moment for him, and maybe it's time for uh, NXT to evolve a little bit more. <laughs> get All right, that? you know what? NXT Honestly, to evolve because <laughs> they yeah. use evolve. You know what? I, See what I did? Yeah, no, I, I totally got yeah. it. Uh, you know what? Okay. Honestly, you you uh, 
you, you, you changed my mind. I really, I, I'm, I mean that. You really did when it came to your, your explanation behind the story and everything. So, you know, I okay. take back what I said. Like, honestly, I really do. I take back what I said. You, you changed my mind about it. And, I mean, I thought it was a fantastic match to begin with. But I'm going to let all those little nitpicky nuances that I just brought up regarding some of those false finishes put that off to the side you you, you changed my mind for open sure open to your opinion but I, no I but mean, you know what I, if I, someone could rationalize it for me and bring me yeah. you know like a, a, a different perspective i'm open to that as well i'm you know what i mean so i sure. i i'm all for it cool well uh overall a great show man and just a great way to like re- lead into wrestlemania weekend it gets you so hyped i was like fuck why is it wrestlemania like now <laughs> yeah right it was pretty good yeah so um are you ready to move on let's go yeah, to let's, the yeah, g1 super card um this was this was interesting the beginning we have a 30-man rumble uh, i'm gonna go down the list of people that were here uh it's kenny king first and then we get minoru suzuki with dub music for the english commentary version so they didn't have his or Kaze Ninare is like whatever sing along uh, entrance, but you can hear the audience doing it. So I'm guessing they had it dubbed over because you kept hearing a <laughs> and ROH and the rest of this show would have some technical difficulties throughout. Correct? Yeah, yeah. There were there was yeah. a, there was a few glitches, but I mean, you know what? That's it's not the end of the world. Shit happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be their uh, the bane of their existence, though. Uh, sorry. But uh, moving on, we get Kenny King, Minoru Suzuki, Cheeseburger, Beer City Bruiser, Show from Rapongi 3K, Shingo Takagi from LIJ. Uh, and then we get Spanish and Japanese audio on top of the ROH commentary, so more technical difficulties. Then we get Bushi. We get Yo from Rapongi 3K, Shaheem Ali from Coast to Coast and ROH, Rhett Titus, LSG from Coast to Coast, Taguchi Ryusuke from um, New Japan, the Butt Man, the 69th IWGP heavyweight champion. He plays off 69 a lot. Goofy stuff there. Uh, Will Ferrara, who used to be part of the Dogs with Rhett Titus. Um, Makes his comeback. Chase Owens gets a big pop here. Rocky Romero, Brian Malonis, Bad Luck Fale, Jonathan Grisham makes an appearance, gets a good pop. Tracy Hot Sauce Williams, he gets a good uh, pop here. Yoshihashi, PJ Black, Jushin Thunder Liger with dubbed music. Uh, oh, what, whatever. Uh, TKO Ryan, Vinny Marciella, Delirious, Tomihiro Ishii, Toru Yanu. But he goes and hands his uh, hands a elbow pad to Colt Cabana, and Colt Cabana goes in, and Toriyano gets on commentary. Funny little spot there. And then Hiroki Goto, King Haku makes a great appearance. Uh, the return of King Haku to Madison Square Garden, and then the first time ever in Madison Square Garden, the thirtieth man, the Great Muda, and it ends up being the Great Muda, and. Jushin Thunder Liger in there at, with the Kingdom, TKO Ryan and Vinny Marciella. At the end, everybody kind of gets a little spot. It's it, it, they cut this, they cut to the entrances and back to the ring so much. It's hard to tell what was going on, and it was just a lot of people holding, and then until someone was thrown out, really wasn't booked that well. Uh, a few spots here and there, but that was about it. You know, um, 
And then we end up with uh, the Great Muda and Jushin Thunder Liger. At the end, the Great Muda wins, um, and we blow mist in the face of Vinny. Or, or no, Kenny King, I'm sorry, who... Oh, I'm sorry, Kenny King comes in and eliminates the Great Muda and Jushin Thunder Liger. He was last in there hiding the whole time. I'm sorry, I completely blanked on him because he is kind of forgettable. But anyhow, uh, he gets missed, blown in the face, and uh, we end with Great Muda and Jushin Thunder Liger celebrating. Uh, yeah, that was the first opening match. Yeah, I didn't get to watch some of this match. I, I saw like the first, you know, few guys come in. Um, I was kind of surprised that they didn't do like what WWE does with the Royal Rumble with like the split screen, um, where mm-hmm. they they have the action on the side, then they show the guy making his entrance. Um, but you know, I guess Ring of Honor has a different touch when it comes to production. Not everyone has to follow the WWE model of production, but it seems in like in a battle royal setting like that that it works. Um, I was I, I was um, you, you're probably going to you know elaborate a little more on this, but I, I was surprised with the um, the Muda and Liger um, interaction. I thought that was pretty cool in the garden. You know, I don't think Muda's ever worked the garden. Same thing with no, Liger. No. So that was that was kind of a cool moment to see. Um, I, I think I saw Liger po- may, might have worked the garden before, but um, Muda definitely not. Really? Also, so, like Liger worked the garden. Really? Maybe. Uh, okay. How about no, no I, and I'll add it. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, um, don't add it. Don't add it. Shit. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I wasn't, I mean, honestly, like, I, I, I know my wrestling history, but, you know, um, if, if you got, if you got a nugget for me, by all means, you know, have at it. But, um, yeah, that was, that was just a cool moment to see because you, especially no, he made with his debut, you're right, you're right. Oh, I, like I said, I don't know. So I'm, okay. I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to, it was, it was his debut. It was okay. I wasn't trying no. to step on toes. So no, I, no. we want to um, get it right. <laughs> no, it's, it wasn't about that, but, um, in the, um, just, just a cool moment. Cause you never thought you would see something like that. You know what I mean? WWE said oh, yeah. such a stranglehold on the garden, just, uh, uh, two companies merging as one to sell out that building is a, is a major accomplishment in and of itself in this area, in the Northeast and the New York metropolitan tri-state area. And to see those two guys in the ring, you know, Liger's ending his career um, later on this year. Muda has done, you know, little sporadic appearances here and there, but he's certainly not as full time as he used to be over the years to see that moment. That's pretty cool. That, that, that was really cool. That was probably the highlight of that match for me. Definitely, definitely. And Muda was geared up. Um, it was awesome. Uh, they did miss one of his mists at the beginning. but uh, And then they nearly missed the one that he blew in Kenny King's face. Um, again, we need that, we need that uh, Keith, or what's his name? Kevin Dunn. We need Kevin, that Dunn, Kevin yeah. Dunn, there. yeah. Keith Mitchell's, uh, you think of Keith Mitchell, the other guy, the other <laughs> yeah. big production guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, he was WCW Jim Crockett. Um, yep. I believe I've been he worked for the older stuff. So. I believe he worked for TNA for a little bit. I want to say, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he might be doing some production for um, for uh, 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 AEW. Oh, okay. I could be wrong, but 
All right, well, moving on, let's go to the Never Open Weight versus ROH Television Championship match title for title, Jeff Cobb versus Will Ospreay. Man, this one was good. Um, we talked about this a little bit before um, we recorded. Um, it, we, I, we noticed that Jeff Cobb has gotten a little bit bigger. We're not going to judge here, but uh, it, I think it kind of slowed down a, a little bit of the excitement of the match uh, in certain spots. Um, I could have used, I guess because they're trying to push Will Ospreay, uh, to a heavyweight, this was kind of more plotting like a heavyweight match. Um, but we get some great, great moments in this match. Will Ospreay goes for that, um, hidden blade a lot. And then he, um, he hits, does he hit the, uh, his, his finisher on Jeff Cobb? I'm, I'm blanking on this. Um, I think he does. Yes. The, yes. the, um, the, 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 what they call it? The, what's that movie the, the SATs did? The Spanish Fly, but it's called something else. Yeah, no. Well, okay. He hits the Spanish Fly, and then there's the other one where he's able to lift the guy up. Um, anyhow, I, 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 I'm blanking on the name. I'm sorry, everybody. Anyhow, Jeff Cobb hits the tour of the island off the second rope to Will Ospreay, picks him up, and then hits another one where he nearly has another half rotation. Oh, my God. Jeff Cobb pins Will Ospreay, becomes a double champion, the first ever U.S. citizen to op to hold the Never Open Weight Championship from IWGP. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I, I, became a, I became a big Jeff Cobb fan after watching his match at Final Battle with Adam Page, Hangman. And, um, you know, I was very impressed. He reminded me a lot of, like, he was like a hybrid of, like, the Steiner brothers. He kind of had that very physical style. Um, it reminded me a lot of, like, early days of the Steiner brothers. So, And I'm a big Steiner brothers guy. So I, I really latched onto him and so i was looking forward to this match because of the two different styles and like you said they're kind of slowly plotting um with osprey moving up to the heavyweight division and i thought this was good but i maybe i maybe my expectations were a little bit higher for this match but the finish at the end um with the the, the, the was it the tour of the worlds um, tour of the islands tour of the islands excuse me and that's and and full disclosure i'm not as you know um equipped with ring of honor knowledge and new japan knowledge so you know kobe's gonna be you know uh steering the ship here when it comes to a lot of this but um yeah i thought that was a cool finish and um definitely uh built up Cobb's uh status and credibility in my opinion um after that finish and seeing him now hold two championships i would i would venture to guess within the next year Maybe even a little longer than that. Cobb's going to be up there um, competing for the Ring of Honor World Title. Hell, even maybe even the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Possibly they re they really like him over at uh, New Japan as well. He's got a good following too. Yeah. All right, moving on. Roosh versus Dalton Castle. This one is really quick. One of the boys leaves his fan in the ring, distracts Dalton Castle. The bell rings. Roosh hits him with the bull horns. That's a double knees or drop kick, buckshot drop kick into the corner. Dalton Castle falls, hits him with the bull horns again, which is a drop kick in the corner. Another one pins him one, two, three. That was real quick. Roosh. Moving on up the card. Yeah, I guess uh, they're. they're 
they're doing something with Dalton here. Um, you know, with this I losing so. streak. Yeah. And it lo- I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of character change. Um, I think he's evolving. Yeah. I honestly like, I, and I, I've watched Dalton Castle wrestle once at an independent show for Northeast Wrestling in Connecticut. And I loved the pageantry and the whole thing with the boys. And it was just very. It, it, the showmanship. I, I I was caught up in the theatrics that his character presented, and um, he's evolving, like you said. And it's it, it, it's interesting. It's got some legs. I'm 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 interested to see um, where they take this with him. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of character change uh, down the line yeah, in, 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 the, in the near future. What's that? An abusive daddy. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well, that's right. They are the boys. So I mean. You know, why not? Let's just, you know, yeah, yeah let's, let's really push the envelope in 2019. He's, he's fun to see live. He's, uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see where this character is going. It got a little stale on ROH TV and he's kind of, kind of become a little annoying in, uh, the sense when he comes on commentary and they're kind of playing that up, but he is again, annoyed with the boys after the fact of this match, not happy. So we'll see what happens there. Um, interesting stuff, right? Yeah, definitely interesting stuff. I mean, if he's so annoyed with the boys, he should just hire men to do the job, not boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, speaking of men, let's go to this next match. Uh, it was supposed to be Bully Ray just calling somebody out, right? And then it evolved into a six-man tag. Uh, Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, Silas Young against Mark Haskins, Juice Robinson, and Flip Gordon. Uh, Haskins, Juice, and Gordon win as they team up on Bully Ray. A lot of brawling going on here. Fans loving it. Um, it was kind of fun. Gordon's back was fucking tore up. Um, yeah. What would you think? I Well, I mean, originally this was supposed to be Bully and Juice, and earlier in the night they showed Juice was attacked, so Bully came out and he bullied that... Um, that rapper, I don't even know who the fuck he was, but that was annoying. Yeah. Um, even the crowd yeah. wasn't into that, you know. I was yeah, like, he they had were like t- the Tetris shirt. And, yeah, uh, <clears throat> like I mean, thanks for I coming out. Like, nice wrestling yeah. song. We're going <laughs> to the garden. Oh god, oh god, yeah, don't yeah, don't download that one on iTunes, please, by all means. I'm gonna put that um, on the intro, Dave. Oh man, damn it. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, hey, listen, you, you know, you, you do the legwork of the of the production of this show. So, I mean, you know, it's you know, do do what you must. But, you know, I'll, I'll be fast forwarding through that part. Um, and <laughs> especially if you sing it, too, then I'll definitely be fast forwarding through that part. But um, nonetheless, um, you know, it was it was standard, you know, hardcore brawl. Like I felt like that they wanted to do more with this bully race, open challenge street fight like I felt like they were trying to get a bigger name to 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 be a part of this. You know what I mean? It just it for some reason I feel like this was like a plan B or a plan C, something that they didn't I, I th- think so too. Wasn't... I think they had another name in mind and then they tried to reach out and couldn't work anything out and they tried to work yeah. with what they had and they still had this story between Flip Gordon, they wanted to get the other faces on the card, so Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only thing I liked about, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. It was like a fun little brawl. But my favorite part of the match was when Flip stood in the middle of those three guys with the kendo stick and just said, give it to me. And they all laced into him. And then at one point you could see like this 
huge red bruise on his back and he's just getting in bully ray's face like come on come on give it to me and that was probably my favorite part of the match because it just showed the versatility in his character um you know he's he's a he's a white meat baby face he flips and flies it's hence the name flip gordon but um he was um you know, he, he showed some more toughness in his character that I think is much needed if he's going to move up to the next level. So this was pretty good. Um, overall, I don't really have any complaints about it other than the fact that, like I said, I feel like they were they were they were looking for a bigger name to to, to do this. And this is what we ended up with. But it was it, it was what it was. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, a street fight. Which Bully would be kind of involved in later, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch on that. Um, we will. We will momentarily. Um, let's uh, let's go to the next match. Dragon Lee defeats Taiji Ishimori and Bandito for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Holy shit, this was great. Um, a lot of nonstop action here. Flips. Flies, everything. Bandito is amazing with that double moonsault body slam from the top rope to Dragon Lee and Taiji, Taiji Ishimori. The strength, the athleticism, holy shit. Um, but Dragon Lee pulls it off um, with that, I guess that's a 450 or 650 or whatever type of splash and beats Taiji Ishimori. And we have a new uh, junior heavyweight champion. Yeah, it was a fast-paced match. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of flips and flies. Um, I'm not too familiar with with these three guys, but um, it was fun to watch. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Don't really have much else to say because, like I said, not not too familiar with these guys. But it was it was fun. Yeah, um, Dragon Lee is the brother of Roosh. Um, okay, he's from yeah. he's from he's from CMLL. Um, okay. And he's also been in New Japan, and he's one of the biggest rivals of um, Hiromu, who is a member of Lij, the guy who has the cat. Who, okay. The stuffed, the stuffed cat. Do you know who I'm talking about, Hiromu? Vaguely, vaguely familiar, okay. but yeah. So they had a great rivalry for the middleweight championship, and that's where he kind of gets his uh, his name from. Taiji Ishimori is the former New Japan or All Japan uh, ace like their junior heavyweight ace. Uh, he held their junior heavyweight title multiple times. Or, or Noah, I'm sorry. Um, Noah. And uh, Taiji Ishimori also spent some time at um, TNA, briefly. Yep, I remember. Then, I remember seeing that, yep. And Bandito is uh, kind of new on the scene, but uh, I think he's a second, or, or no, he's a fourth generation wrestler. Um, amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I, I'll preview more as we go along in the weeks for Gaijin and stuff, but yeah, great match and just, um, definitely recommend to watch this one. Next one is the tag team match. It's a fatal four way, all the tag team titles on the line, the ROH and the new Japan IWGP tag team championships. Um, the gods first, the Briscoes versus PCO and Brody King. PCO with that brutal entrance. It took forever. huh? Um, just the electric chair and kind of the theatrics. It was cool, but it kind of was like long-winded. And then Evil and Sonata are involved. PCO gets powerbombed out of the ring onto the apron. That looks deadly. Oh, my God. 
Um, and then the Gorillas of Destiny, that's um, Tama Tonga and Tongaloa, the sons of King Haku. They do the super power bomb to Brody King and uh, pin him one, two, three, double champions. And then some people show up. Let's let's go over the match and then we'll, we'll kind of go to the end. What are your thoughts on the match? It was a wild match, and um, I have become—I've become, yeah. It was very quick. I was expecting a lot. I was expecting to go a lot longer, to be honest with you. Um, I like Gorillas of Destiny. Um, you know, I like their music too. Yeah, I like their music too. I could do without all the cussing though. Like they dropped too many f bombs. Don't get me wrong. Trying to be too bad, boy. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I love an f bomb here and there. I drop them. I drop them a fair amount. You can ask my wife. I, you know, I, I drop them too much. You know, in real life. But when it comes to <laughs> wrestling, it was like it just seemed very forced. Like them guys dropped too many f bombs for my liking. But I love their style. Um, really dig them. I was really looking forward to seeing PCO and Brody King, the villain Enterprise. Um, I've become a big PCO fan. I follow him on social media, and you know the the, the crazy things that you know they have him do um, to really enhance his character. Like he's de- he's definition of like you know a, a comeback story and a, and a pretty cool one at that, where he's reinvented himself at fifty years old. Over I think he's fifty or maybe fifty one. Um, I could be mistaken. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But a guy of his age reinventing himself and being on a, a a big stage like Ring of Honor in 2019 is huge. So I was really looking forward to seeing what he was going to do. Plus, I like the physical style that he brings. So um, the 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 spots that he was taking, like holy cow, like you didn't have to do that, man. Like the high spot was the electric chair entrance for me. You know, like yeah. you didn't have to get power bombed off the apron. Like holy shit, you know. And then he gets up and the place pops. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, like, I couldn't believe but it, he, you know? he fell back down, too. Yeah, okay, yeah. But um, yeah. overall, like, the match wasn't bad. It was wild. It was pretty short. Um, you know, it was what it was. And, um, you know, I, I, we'll, see what, we'll, we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, the Gorillas of Destiny as champs going forward. But um, Yeah, and then Toru Yanu, yeah, Toru Yanu takes the IWGP Tag Team Champions and holds them at the top of the ramp and kind of smiles and, uh, of course... Tamatanga says, "What the fuck is that?" And uh, they jump down. Oh, you know what? This just came to me. I apologize. Uh, maybe, maybe I should have looked at my notes. But um, we we missed PCO the girls' match. Is fifty-one. Fifty-one. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm that's sorry. cool. I missed it too. I have the notes too. I missed it too. Um, Let, let's go over that real quick. Yeah. And then we'll come back to the tag match and yeah. follow up at the end. Um, all right. The the women's match. Run, run me down. It was um. Kelly Klein Kill- against yep. um, I don't I can't Mayu pronounce her name. Mayu Iwatani. Mayu Iwatani. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, solid match. Uh, yeah, no complaints. I like how Ring of Honor is trying to build up their women's division, and then we saw at the end um, the, a, a, the beautiful people from uh, Impact Wrestling, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. Um, getting involved at the end, um, yeah. you know, post match, and then Mandy Leon turning on. Or uh, I don't even think she was really aligned with Kelly Klein, but um, you know, attacking her and them revealing that they are a, a little stable called the Allure, um, you know, which I think mm. is pretty cool. I used to have a friendship with Velvet Sky a long time ago, back in the day, um, during my days as yeah. part of the ring crew of ACW. No, j- no just platonic friends. There wasn't um, anything, uh, anything like that. But um, 
you know, uh, we, we don't really keep in touch anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, she's, um, she, she was a, she was a bright spot for impact wrestling with the beautiful people. Um, uh, storyline uh that some of the highest rated segments for impact wrestling tna whatever you want to call it involved them and um some of the more compelling storylines when they when they shaved roxy laveau's hair um oh, yeah you know that was pretty cool um i enjoyed that so um i think they're gonna be good for the the women's division for ring of honor and i'm looking forward to seeing uh what they're able to bring so that that was that was a that was a nice little highlight um and knowing her uh, being a longtime wrestling fan i've known her for over 18 years like i said don't really keep in touch anymore just you know life happens and people drift apart um you know among other things and uh she uh you know she I'm, I'm, I imagine it must have been pretty cool in a big moment for her to work Madison Square Garden. So, um, knowing where yeah. she's come from and seeing where she's come from, so yeah, that was that was that was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mayu Iwatani and Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane were kind of like the three musketeers of women's wrestling for Japan. Oh, okay. So, oh, so there, she was a part of that little group. Okay. Yeah. So is that for Stardom? Mm-hmm. I believe so. So, okay. uh, so. Good stuff for her to be involved there in MSG as well. Same with, uh, I like Kelly Klein. Um, I think she she's a great wrestler. Um, all right, let's go to the tag match. So, the end here. The gods win the titles. Toru Yanu takes off. Then what happens here? We get some people in the crowd. It's Cass and Enzo. And they start brawling with the Briscoes, and then Bully Ray comes down. And I thought it was part of the show, maybe a setup, uh, because they kind of mention it, but kind of purposely don't show it. But then they kind of do. Um, and then I watched a video, and there's some real punches being thrown. Uh, it looked like, at least for my, for my end. What do you think? I think it was a work. Um, okay. Ring of Honor's Ring of Honor's been known to uh, try to do those work style shoots. Um, many years ago, Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen attacked a fan, and oh, you know yep. people people thought you know people thought that was a shoot. Yeah, um, and they were playing it up a lot with the like, let's ignore these guys. Exactly. Once you mention, you even talk about it. If you even talk about it, you know. Uh, to me, that's a work. And they kind of did that loosely. They was like, we got some stuff going on there. If you're wondering why our attention's been diverted, like Colt Cabana kind of you know, made that line. And you could see like Kevin Kelly kind of looking over to the side as they were escorting Enzo and Cass out. Um, when they even made mention of like, oh, these guys are trying to get attention because they're not on TV. That's it's what happens when you don't get TV time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Caprice Coleman mentioned that. I was like, all right, it's a total work at that point. Um, I watched a, vi- a few videos. I had a buddy of mine that was sat second row at the garden last night, and he posted a video. Some of the shots look pretty stiff, but then there were other shots that looked, um, you know, uh, worked. And mm. to me, if this was a shoot, They'd have had cops and security and everyone else yeah, involved. Yeah, they let Cass and Enzo walk off. So, yeah, like, mm. come on, like, give me a break. Like, that was that was a total work, and it proved it to, it proved it even more. I saw a video on social media. There must have been someone sitting nearby the entry where those two ran out of because there was a guy that had a video, uh, a video on his phone showing Cass and Enzo 
coming out of the, the entry from backstage, running through the crowd, then eventually jumping the rail. So this guy must mm-hmm. have been like planted there either from Ring of Honor or from Enzo and Cass's party or whatever. And filming this whole thing it's i found that instagram somewhere i gotta look it up but um yeah it to me it was a clear work um and i look at it like this some people said some people have have made comments online that you know oh they you know the ring of honor diehards and the new japan diehards and all the internet smart marks out there you know built up this show like this was going to be the greatest wrestling show ever based on the ability of these guys in the ring yet they bring out enzo and Cass, which are the complete opposites of what a ring of honor and new japan wrestler i think it's a good be. angle but it's, a, it's good, a good but, angle. but you know what though they sold out the building now you got to make headlines and how do you do that? You do something like this. So I, yeah. hats off to hats off to Ring of Honor, New Japan, whoever orchestrated this to have these two make an appearance. Um, yeah, because uh, the results are going to be the news. This will be the news too. Um, this yeah. is hot controversy creates cash. Um, yep. I think this is a good angle, um, especially these guys coming in being like disrespectful. I just hope if they do ever get to Japan, I don't know if Enzo's allowed out of the country. Um, but if they go to Japan, he better be fucking careful because he could end up in jail there. Um, the stuff that he pulls in America is not accepted in Japan. So just be careful, Enzo. Um, yeah, Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on this at all. I think it's a good angle. No, I thought I thought it was good too. I liked it, and it and it created some buzz. And ironically enough, it created so much buzz. It was done an hour after the Bret Hart incident at the Hall of Fame, which we will get into in a little bit when we elaborate yep. on that further. But it would, the timing of it too was like, especially last night watching all this stuff unfold. And you know, I'm just going to digress for a moment here, where. You're like, holy shit, that happened. Oh, my God, that's crazy. That happened. It's like, wow, it's a wild night in New York City. It made you want to be like, damn, which show should I have gone to? You know, should I have gone to the Hall of Fame or should I have gone to the Ring of Honor show? You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of had that vibe, especially for me sitting at home. It's like, damn, like, I'm missing out on a lot, you know? But it was was a good way to kind of grab some headlines for them. They... They they couldn't do it based on the 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 in ring ability alone. They needed to add a little bit of theatrics to it, and I thought it was well done. Agreed. All right, let's go on to the next match: the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. Zack Saber Jr. defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi. A quick kind of match here. I think they were dwindled down to time constraints because they were going to give the last two matches a lot of time. Um, Zack Saber Jr. taps out Tanahashi. Um, Tanahashi is a broken down old man. He can hardly fucking walk, says uh, Switchblade (laughs) Jay White. But ZSJ, who says he's going to be the prime minister of England one day, or the United Kingdom one day, uh, taps out Tanahashi in MSG. Great moment for him. What do you think of this? It it wasn't a bad match. Um, I'll be honest with you. uh, I have the G1 show on in the background, watching it as we're recording this right now. I'm in the middle of uh, Okada and uh, Jay White, which we'll touch upon in a little bit. Um, so uh, I was doing some stuff this morning uh, around the house, and I had the match on in the background. I'll have to go back and watch it again, but it sounded like from what I heard that even though it was short, it was still pretty um, pretty fun. So oh, yeah. I'll have to I'll have to go back and watch it later. But uh, definitely, you know, it's a Tanahashi. I, I I like his work. I like Tanahashi. Um, I, I've grown I've grown to like him um, in the last few months since I've watched uh, some of the New Japan stuff. 
definitely it's an easily digestible match um it's a it's a quick one like i said but it, it, it's fun to watch um zsj just holding on tanahashi going down the card our guess with another loss um He's, he's dropping his guard a little bit more. Did you notice Ricochet's gear at NXT TakeOver? That was an homage to Tanahashi. I did notice that. I saw like a side-by-side picture, and then I heard us. I think I think Ricochet put it up on social media that he yes. was paying homage to Tanahashi. So, yep. yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, moving on. The Intercontinental Championship, IWP, IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Naito against Kota Ibushi. Wow. Holy shit. A Hurricane Rana jumping off the apron. Kota Ibushi does it to Naito. Then he deadlifts Naito off the ropes into a German suplex. Jesus, right on the head of, of Naito. Naito hits a Destino to Ibushi. Then he goes for another one. It's blocked into a deadly kick from Kota Ibushi. Naito and Kota Ibushi are laying on the ground the chant the crowd is chanting this is awesome this is awesome it's a great match and then an ode to to Nakamura two bumayes which are the knees from Kota Ibushi to Naito one two no Naito kicks out then a last ride from Kota Ibushi to Naito one two no then a kamagoye which is holding the arms and a knee to the face kind of his ode to the Bumaye, his version of it, uh, because he looks up to Shinsuke Nakamura so much. Ibushi pins Naito, one, two, three, becomes the new intercontinental heavyweight champion. Uh, you can see these guys laying and embracing each other at the end, kind of giving each other admiration, and then they separate. Um, just a big moment for Ibushi here. Finally solidified as a New Japan guy. He had been an outsider for so long, and uh, I think they're they're finally getting behind him and he's got a good story going in he he beat naito in the in the new japan cup and now he he's solidified as a ic champion um you know much like his hero uh the man that he looks up to so much since shinsuke nakamura who was the first intercontinental champion well one of the greatest intercontinental champions yep yep um i mean you know, what wasn't uh, I heard this was a classic. Another match that I was listening to in the background while I was getting my 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 house together for the party later. So another match I'll have to watch. But um, I, uh, you know, I, I like Ibushi. So and and I watched uh, Naito from and Jericho from Wrestle Kingdom um, a, a while back when that happened. And I enjoyed that match. So I'm looking forward to really uh, watching that match later. Yeah, definitely check it out. All right, next match, the ROH Heavyweight Championship Ladder War. Nick Aldis comes out on commentary with Camille. He's the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. They talk about ROH and NWA possibly having a title-for-title match. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that sounded interesting. April 27th, possibly. Nick Aldis. Um, Yeah, we'll see. So Jay Lethal is powerbombed onto a ladder to the outside by Matt, Matt Taven. That looks painful. Then we get a chicken wing at the top of the ladder from Marty Skrull to Jay Lethal. Um, it's, it's great. Um, there's this ladder that's made into an X, and Jay Lethal throws the ladder, and it hits a fan in the knee. 
Um, oh yeah, that's right. I that? saw that. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And and then Taven spears Skrull through a table onto the outside through the ropes. The camera nearly misses it, but it's a deadly spot. They they give us another take and Taven like lands head first onto the table into the outside. Oh man. Um then Taven pulls out this big purple ladder. Um and it's it's his like special ladder. Cool. Yeah. Um and he hits Lethal off the top and Lethal falls onto the ladder bridge. Taven grabs the ROH championship and he is the new ROH World Heavyweight Champion. Always been a fan of Taven. I like how he's progressed along the years. I was a fan when he came in as MTV, uh, Matt Taven years ago, and was the TV champion years ago in ROH. Um, and then he's progressed into the kingdom. Uh, though there are some things that I don't like about the kingdom, like having an axe. Um, uh, it's not really wrestling-centric. If you're going to have an axe, fucking use it. Somebody should have been bludgeoned by now. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, right. But anyhow... Um, uh, that's just me nitpicking. Taven is the world champion. Nice little, nice little uh, come up for him, huh? Yeah, I thought this was a good match. Um, a lot of fun. I like ladder matches. Probably one of my favorite gimmick matches. Um, you know, it was it was a good yeah, story. Twenty five years ago, there was a ladder match. Yeah, WrestleMania. You know, that's the other thing too. Like w- regarding PCO as well. PCO wrestled at the at the tenth WrestleMania in that building twenty five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so there's history there. And then of course the ladder match with Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, which by the way, um, I picked up uh, a, a T-shirt from that company Homage that does all the wrestling T-shirts. Of it was uh, commemorating the twenty fifth anniversary of Shawn and Razor's ladder match, which I'm currently wearing right now as we speak while we're recording this, uh, because I like that match so much. Um, Posted yeah, to the social medias. You, yeah, not that any of you really care of what I'm wearing as we're recording this. Uh, just hopefully I'm wearing <laughs> something. You know what I mean? But nonetheless, um, this was a fun match. And uh, the story of Taven just, you know, claiming to be the real world champion. Very well done. Our good buddy AC from the Cooldown, who's got a show that's going to, excuse me, it's going to be debuting here on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network very shortly. Um, He's a big Matt Taven guy. He knows Taven personally. Um, He's followed Taven, you know, all over the the Connecticut, uh, New England area between Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, he's, he, I'm sure he was pretty pumped to see Taven win the Ring of Honor World title. Uh, Lethal done a great job as Ring of Honor World Champion. And, um, you know, Marty Scroll. um, you know, and, and Villain Enterprises have a strong presence in the on the on the, uh, the the Ring of Honor program. So um, this didn't hurt Marty at all. Uh, this was a fun match, and I'm glad that it got you know the amount of time that it did. Um, you know, in a loaded show like this, so it was pretty cool. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely, definitely agreed. Um, long time coming for him. Good stuff here. All right, let's go to the main event. It's Okada and Switchblade Jay White for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, great stuff here. A lot of transitions at the end. Counter for counter. Switchblade gets countered. The Rainmaker gets countered with uh, Switchblade ducking under and then giving him a sleeper suplex, which is a half Nelson, and then uh, choking and then lands right on Okada's head. Uh, just great stuff. Uh, spinning. Tombstone from Akata to Jay White, a Rainmaker, and then followed by another one. 
and we get a new IWGP heavyweight champion, Okada. Um, man, I, I, I it just kind of kind of makes me think maybe this switchblade role was supposed to just be Kenny the whole time, uh, Kenny Omega. That is, yeah. Um, and there could have been more story told, but they did the best that they could. Um, and they did even, they made a, they made a cool story out of it. Um, you know, the, the bullet club OG, the firing squad, we get the cutthroat era, it becomes this whole thing and chaos in chaos opportunity arises and Jay White, you know, dismantled chaos the team that he was with and joined this other team and became the champion and the top guy beat Okada, but Okada comes back and vanquishes Jay White here in America. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a great match. Um, good story and the fans loved it and we kind of go off the air and that's about it, but a great match, a long plotting one. Um, I think this goes hand in hand with the story. You need to watch the, the match at wrestle kingdom and then this one. And it tells a great story throughout. Um, yeah. They kind of get to know each other. And uh, Okada breaks out of that, that switchblade, which had gotten him in the last match. And then he, he turns it into a clothesline. And then that's his Rainmaker. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, um, I, I had this match on the background as we were recording this, and uh, you know, from what I saw, it looked pretty good. Um, not too familiar with the story, like I said, not as equipped on the, the Ring of Honor um, New Japan knowledge, but um, you know, I've become a, a Jay White fan in the last several months, and uh, the Wrestle Kingdom match was awesome. Um, so I'll have to go back and watch this again, uh, you know, later on, you know, next couple of days or so. However, um, I was kind of hoping he'd keep, keep the title. You know what I mean? Me um, too. I, I really was. I, not that, you know, no disrespect to Okada. I like Okada. He's a unbelievable performer. But, you know, we've seen him have the title for a long time. Like, let's see, you know, you know, someone like White, you know, what he can do with the championship. And uh, I was hoping for a little bit of a longer reign for him. And I feel I, like you that this this was a this was a position for Omega, um, you know, before Omega had left and signed with uh, All Elite Wrestling. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see them trade the belt a few times. I don't know. But if New Japan... I have a feeling that one of the reasons why New Japan gave the belt back to Okada is because they probably realized um, they probably realized that, uh, you know, with giving it to Omega and then Omega leaving so shortly to go to All Elite Wrestling, like they were trying to, you know, maybe pay him, you know, pay him back in a way for, for holding the title for so long. And then, you know, in a way, apologizing you know, because they, they took the belt off him and put it on, you know, uh, an outsider, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, who, who was leaving. So um, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll have to go back and watch it. But, you know, overall, from what I saw, the, the, the New Japan Ring of Honor G1 Supercard uh, uh, certainly, um, you know, lived up to the hype. It was a, it was a pretty fun show. I'll, I'll have to indulge myself a little more with some of the other matches. But from what I from, from my vantage point, I enjoyed it. Definitely. Um, great show, um, and just a good way to kind of cleanse your palate of WWE stuff before we get into WrestleMania. Um, but let's head into WWE territory. Let's talk about the 2019 Hall of Fame. What'd you think of this? The entrance, the intro here was kind of, uh, goofy with the guy doing the, and now the, and then Triple H and DX kind of interrupting him, um, 
you know, doing their yeah. shenanigans. It was uh, kind of cheesy at times, but there was some, there was, I like dad jokes, so I was in for some of it. I laughed. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it, it, it was all right. It wasn't bad. It was a great way to kind of break it up. And I feel like that this Hall of Fame, they needed to break it up when it came to the format on a number of fronts. Um, that being, you know, one of them with the intro um, and, and it kind of fit with with the DX characters um, that they interrupted and put their own little spin on the, um, the, the, the opening video package. And then the setup itself um, where the inductees came out on the entry ramp and they delivered their speeches in the middle of the ring. Logistically, it probably would have been a nightmare for them to do take over the night before, you know, break down the ring, set the floor up for the, for the original hall of fame setup, and then go back to setting up the ring for raw and SmackDown that's set to take place tomorrow and Tuesday. Um, so I kind of dug the ring setup. I really did with, you know, the three quarters of the ring had the ropes and then you had the stairs to go up and you delivered your speech in the ring. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and they definitely made a lot of changes to the show this year. Um, no Jerry Lawler is the host. They had, uh, Renee Young and Corey Graves, um, hosting, uh, the guys were reading off teleprompters. You could tell, <laughs> um, before my, bro- my brother was there and, um, when uh, when Jimmy Hart del- delivered his speech, um, you know, started delivering his speech for Honky Tonk Man, he had said to me, he goes, they're reading off teleprompters. And I said, to, I, resp- I replied back, I can kind of tell because Jimmy Hart jumped right into his speech the minute the music, um, you know, hit. And it was very short and to the point. But they, it needed to be a little more structured because the Hall of Fame had become the Wild West for um, – a number of years with these long ceremonies that go four and a half, almost five hours long. And it's like, Holy cow, this one went three and a half hours, uh, which wasn't bad. It was, it was, it was uh, well-paced, um, Honky Tonk Man came out and, uh, you know, in the pink Cadillac and had a, his speech was solid. Many people were expecting him to kind of, you know, uh, kind of shoot in a way. And he didn't, um, he, you know, he, he kissed them. He kissed some WWE ass. <laughs> Let's just say um, very different from his shoot interviews over the years regarding uh, his his feelings on the company and the Hall of Fame itself. But yeah. um, that, it was pretty cool at the end when he when he sang um, throughout the course of the night, man, I'll tell you, you know, New Day was sitting behind um you know, the, the, the guys delivering the speeches on the floor and man, Biggie was just killing it with all his reactions and, and everything like eating the whole time. Yeah. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, hockey speech was solid. Um, uh, you know, the fact that like not everyone had an inductor, I thought was pretty cool. Um, you know, and they, they kind of broke it up a little bit. Um, you know, Stacy Keebler was a nice surprise inducting Tori Wilson. Didn't see that coming. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, and then, you know, let's talk about what everyone's been talking about. The fan that jumped in the ring and, uh, you know, tackled Bret Hart and then the majority of the roster. Um, yeah, so you know, I, watched this, I watched this on delay. So they cut it and edited it like pretty good. Uh, Bret's talking oh, really? and then he, he finishes the next sentence, but he's just got a, a tusk of hair like waved to the side. Uh, it's, oh, they it's did kind a really of, good It's kind of job. funny. They fucking... Wow. Dude, they slicked that shit up by this wow. morning. So I watched okay. it this early this morning, and they did it by then. So, uh, yeah, the fan comes in. Dash Wilder gives him a nice fucking punch. Dash Wilder is my new uh, favorite dude uh, just for that because he does a sneak fucking, like, punch. 
And then he goes back to his seat. (laughs) (laughs) He just literally like one hand, like boom, right to the face. And it's like, all right, I'll take my seat now. (laughs) I will say um, watching it live, um, they cut the screen to black and then they had the, the, they had the, um, once the guy made contact with Brett, um, the screen went to black and then they cut to the fans and you could hear, you could see people pointing and hear people like, Ooh, and ah, and like, you know, chanting asshole. Um, once the guy got out of the ring, then they put the hard camera back on and you could see like, um, Heath Slater and edge and Beth Phoenix and Tyson kid. And, you know, a bunch of guys like, you know, consoling Brett and Natty. If you look online, which you can find the video just about everywhere. Now, um, the guy tackles Brett and Natalia tries to, tries to pull the guy off of Brett and she gets caught in it. And then out of nowhere, um, Harry Smith, the son of the late British bulldog, who is the nephew of Brett. Um, he jumps in and he, pummels the guy Shane McMahon was one of the first guys too. uh Big E and New Day were a couple of the you know guys that were trying to get this guy um off you know Harry jumped in he pummeled the guy and then everyone else was trying to to get the guy out of the ring and you know they had to hold back Harry and then like I said Dash Wilder just came in and kind of give him a like one little shot to the face and walked away my wife watched it and she was like you know this could this could mean some trouble for for WWE. Even though what the guy did was wrong, it looked like twenty people were beating the shit out of this guy, and yeah. she kind of looked at it from the point of view of like you know, you have this bullying campaign that you're doing, and you know all this <laughs> stuff that you're trying to teach that you know you it, it's not a good look for the company at least in her eyes that you know there's about 20 people beating up on this one guy like you could have easily just restrained him and got him escorted out of there you didn't need all the wrestlers to go in there and beat the shit out of him like like at one point like Heath Slater was like walking around like pacing the ring like 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 he just got in a fight you know what i mean like and i kind of understand her point of view not because she's my wife she kind of makes a a, a a decent point when it comes to the fact that you know they didn't need they didn't need 20 guys beating this one kid up. You know what right. I mean? You know, like just get him in, get him out of there. And, you know, granted, I get it. It's, it's, it's that wrestler mentality. It's heat of the moment. You don't know what this guy was going to do. You don't know how dangerous he was. You know what I mean? So, um, it was a pretty sick display to see someone come in and ruin, um, you know, the, their speech, um, like that but you know in the live broadcast like i said they cut back and even renee young kind of whispered in brett's ear and then he just went about it um you know with with the little messed up hair at one point he made a funny line he was like you know um the 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 heart foundation used to really heal it up and the crowds didn't like us just like that just like what just took place a few minutes ago referring to the guy jumping in the ring Mm -hmm. and um the crowd got into it um but yeah, they showed they showed like the the they didn't show the guy getting thrown out of there, but they showed the the everything that took place after that on the live broadcast of like all the wrestlers in the ring. Even Drake Maverick got on the microphone and was like, "Please do not pay attention to what just took place. Let's continue with the show." Like he got fired up. There were a lot of guys that got fired up, and then after that, from what my brother told me, there were a lot of empty seats on the floor. It was like, "Why did you, why did you need all those wrestlers to go back there and escort this guy out when the cops was already taking him away?" You know what I mean? Right. So I kind of I kind of understand where my, what my wife's point of view was, um, and like I said. 
I'm not saying that because she's my wife. It's not happy wife, happy life. But, you know, she makes a solid point. Like, they didn't need all those guys to, to try and beat the shit out of them. It seemed like, you know, New Day and Shane McMahon um, and a few other guys were trying to legitimately just get the guy out of there. Um, but Ronda Rousey's husband, Travis Brown, and Harry Smith and Dash Wilder, they peppered that guy up pretty good. So um, uh, he's been charged with uh, two counts of assault and disorderly conduct. Uh, he's a former – he's a uh, amateur MMA fighter, I believe. Um, and he's wow. had some run, he's had some run-ins with the law, um, according to uh, some stuff I've read early this morning. But um, big props to Brett and Natalia for, for being able to um, – you know, pick up the pace and, uh, you know, get it together after that incident. Cause I mean, who knows what that guy would have done. I would have been me personally. I would have been pretty shooken up. Be like, I can't do this. Like, let's just, you know, call it right here. But yeah, you you could see him, you could see him kind of stumbling at the end a little bit, but, uh, I mean, that's kind of scary. The guy had a stroke that could like have set him into a stroke again. Um, man, but yeah, (laughs) <laughs> he carried it on and he did it. Uh and like I said they edited that fucking pretty clean. Yeah. Besides the waft of hair on the side. But uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then he literally reads a chapter from his book about King Kong Bundy. It's it's like some of the lines are just spot on spot. He was just like reading from his book. Um I love the guy, but you know, it's Brett. Uh, yeah, I mean, know. at this rate, you know what though? It, it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise that that teleprompter was there, and a lot of things were were um, you know that that they had to read off of that for their speeches because after going through all that and trying to remember what you were going to say, like, yeah, holy cow, like, he probably would have been like staying at Bash of the Beach. Woo! I don't, I, woo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the speech though solid you know for what it was unfortunately that moment you know ruined it but at the same time it was very memorable um i'm sure a lot of you out there listening have, have seen the video if you have not you can find it very easily there's all different kinds of alternate angles of people's cell phone videos there was one guy i watched a video where you know he was up in the stands and he was like what the fuck a fan jumped in there and went after i feel like going down there and punch him in the face i'm like dude just shut up don't be a loser you're a fan just sit back and watch it all right like don't be a fucking loser you know there was one guy on social media that was like i'm so sick to my stomach i don't even know if i can attend wrestlemania tomorrow after what they just did to God. brett like just Cre- shut your mouth like credits you know what? You to the fans me. in the crowd that were still trying to push through and just you know laugh and celebrate that too and, yeah kind of go on with uh, brett's speech and then they kind of progressed and moved on yeah no you're absolutely right that too as well like the the fans they they they, they didn't let it sit and linger um hmm. which was good I, I i thought that that was pretty cool that they that they kept um that they kept going with the show and they, they stayed along with it. So yeah, big ups to them. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, we get some legends on her. Uh, let's go down the legends list. Bruiser Brody, Jim Barnett, playboy, buddy Rose, um, Hashiki Shiana. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on that name. The Japanese gentleman that Shinsma or Shinsa. I forget. Shinsma. 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 Hiroshi or Hashami Hashinsma? I forget. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm terrible with these. You're better than it than I am. I'm surprised you were tongue-tied with that one. Luna Vashon. Primo Carnera, who was a former boxer turned wrestler. 143-1-1 one going against Luthez. So that was a big uh, interpromotional match at the time, back in the day, talking about the glory days of interpromotional stuff. Uh, 
Professor Toro Tanaka, who we talk about on Marking Out the Days quite frequently. SD, the barber, or, sorry, it's just SD. <laughs> SD Jones, everybody. Uh, man, I can't believe he made it. Um, then Wahoo McDaniel. Um, and then Joe Cohen from the USA Network. Man, all these guys, I feel, deserved more of a spot. Uh, a credit. I know we we try to get the guys who are living, but you could do an hour documentary or a half hour documentary on each and every one of these entries right here that I just listed off of, and it would be just as good or if not better than some of the documentary stuff that they produce now. Why aren't they doing stuff like this? They have all the vault footage. They have stories of these guys. It, it's it's you know it's right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I was kind of surprised. Like, I thought I didn't think Brody, I didn't think Brody was going to get a legacy induction. I thought he would have gotten one of his own, especially after the fact that they gave Stan Hansen one um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and those two were so closely associated with each other as partners in Japan. So I really thought that we would have seen a, a, a regular Brody induction, and, and even Luna Vashan as well. Wahoo, like some of those guys. Like I thought for yeah. sure they'd get their own inductions. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's no... Here's the thing, you know. Um, I know Luna had kind of a falling out with the company, and then she had passed away. Um, so I don't know if, the, you know, that, that factors in. Brody, his situation's a little touchy because of the circumstances surrounding his death. He was murdered, um, and, the, and you know, the, the guy who did it was never convicted. Um, you know... And I maybe mean, Jim Barnett, because I like boys. Oops, sorry. Oh, uh, my boy. Alex Wright, you, know, you got to push that kid. Uh, that John my Cena is something else. That John Cena, I could do something with that comb over there. Yeah, my boy, you can't see me. <laughs> Jim Barnett, though, definitely deserving. Uh, you know, I mean, all these guys are deserving. You know, like, and, and I like how they, they, they added um, Cohen to the mix because of me his too. contributions with, uh, you know, USA Network and everything. Like, definitely deserving, um, considering where their, where their television is going to be in the landscape of that with Fox coming up in the fall. I thought that was pretty cool. But I was kind of... You're right, though. There's a lot of archive footage of these guys that I'm surprised that they haven't used, um, especially Brody. Like, Brody's story is is very interesting, and it's going to be a part of those Viceland documentaries next week, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. So Me too. I was hoping and did you that see that WWE some... tried to put out their – they're going to put out their own? Uh, on, uh, on A&E? Yeah. Yeah, with, like, Savage <laughs> and Austin. Yeah, and, hey, you know, I'm a sucker be for documentaries. Shit. So. I, me too, but – Come on. They, they saw that and they're like, ah, we can do that better. That, hey, those are my movies. Uh, yeah. Well, I will say, though, like, honestly, um, I, I wouldn't say that they took that off of the Viceland documentaries. Uh, maybe the timing of it is just bad, but um, they've been in talks with Bill Simmons and HBO to do more after the Andre documentary for quite a while. So okay. it, it, I know it, Viceland has done this for a while, too, though. Yeah, so I, maybe it's just the timing of it, you know. But I know that they've that they wanted to do more projects um, with Bill Simmons and HBO. So I'm looking forward to those as well. But yeah, the Legacy Wing is just like their way of acknowledging people that wrestling fans have wanted in the Hall of Fame for quite some time, like a Brody, like a Wahoo, like a Luna, um, and and they're just acknowledging them like kind of in passing. Like the the Legacy Wing to me. 
it it's it doesn't have like any kind of meaning to it like unfortunately because it's just one of those things like here these are the guys we're gonna honor that we don't have time to honor so here you go boom here's your video package they're in shut up now like that that's how it comes across to me yeah yeah i can i can definitely see that unfortunately um, yeah but they 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 could do a lot more with it oh for sure um okay well moving along what what was next we had, um, after the Heart Foundation, we had Brutus the Barber Beefcake get inducted by his uh, his blood brother, the Hulkster dude. We were riding our Harleys and hanging and banging for 40 days and 40 nights. We went to Jimmy Hart's Tiki Bar and drank beer out of the cans with Miller Lite watching the NFL Sunday football package, brother. Yeah. Uh, you know what I did like? I like the, 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 the touch that they did with the barber pole and the lights on the, on the corner posts. Like, I thought that was cool. Um, Beefcake virtually got no reaction, um, and he was looking rather sluggish coming down the aisle. I was kind of disappointed in, like, his outfit. Like, I was hoping to see him, like, have, like, a Brutus Beefcake-esque kind of tuxedo with, like, the fringe and, you know, d- kind of do it up like that. And instead, he just had, like, the, the, the pink leopard print with the, the, the tie and the... Um, the hanky in the tux like he brought the scissors out like that was cool but you know you gotta give him a break those guys have been time traveling trying to fight jimmy and i so you know time's wearing thin on them (laughs) a losing battle with you and jimmy on hulkamania is dead that's pretty cool it's like Um, they kind of got us with the network so we'll talk about that in a second yeah but it, it was an okay speech um you know, Hogan didn't nearly get as big a pop as I thought he was going to in the New York area. I'll be honest with you. No. Um, and I think um, in the manner that he had returned to the company, I think a lot of fans have kind of, uh, you know, soured on the Hulk Hogan experience, especially with, you know, the, the that leaked uh, recording from a couple of years ago that resulted in him being fired. So um, I expected him to get a monster pop because it's New York and it's WWE and they, you know, you know, Hulk Hogan made his mark there, but you know, for whatever reason, um, that didn't happen. Maybe, maybe, people, maybe the energy was sucked out of the building too with that whole thing with the fan as well. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, att- attribute that to it as well. But it was an okay speech, nothing, nothing exciting, and you could tell Beefcake was even having trouble with some of the things he was uh, supposed to say on the teleprompter. You can kind of tell. Um, he was having trouble with it, so um, the teleprompter worked for some, and for others, it didn't and work I out so well. I can't read. <laughs> yeah. At one point that's what I thought too. Like Jesus like he can't even say his own name. He was like Brutus the beep the bot the, 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 sorry brothers. Like you know, like you're Brutus the barber beefcake. You should know this by now. <laughs> uh yeah. Beefing heart baby. Yeah, so uh anyhow, that was memorable for that and uh what was next here? Cuz I kind of I've skimmed uh, Sue, over the whole Sue Aitchinson, Sue Aitchinson, uh, you know, who who had a um, who's worked for WWE for over 30 years um, in a public relations uh, uh, now uh, role. She um, she helped develop the the partnership with WWE and Special Olympics, as well as the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And um, she was a big proponent of that. Um, she had she was responsible for granting over 6,300 wishes over the course of 30 years with WWE. Um, 
John Cena came out to induct her. Um, the uh, the crowd was chanting for John Cena to face they said, face Kurt Angle. Clap, 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 clap. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of got a kick out of that. Um, I honestly fast-forwarded through this portion. Um, I had paused the Hall of Fame at one point so I could try and find video of the whole Bret Hart situation and try and find better angles of it. And so I was a little behind. I fast-forwarded through that. Um and that was that was really about it. And then we moved on to um, Harlem Heat, who did not get inductors, but they had come out on their own. Um, and this was pretty much Stevie Ray's night on the on the when it came to the speeches. Um, Stevie Ray, uh, who inducted Booker T in 2013 when Booker T went in as a solo act, um, this was all about Stevie Ray. And I thought it was very nice that Booker T had kind of basically paid homage to his brother and how he wanted to be just like his brother. Um, oh, yeah. Very class. Very classy, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, this speech. I thought it was very, very well done for Stevie Ray, who, um, y- you know, when you remember Harlem Heat, obviously Booker T comes to mind because he had such a great singles career, but um, Stevie Ray brought something to the table for that team as well. And um, if it weren't yeah, for Harlem Heat, Stevie I don't Ray think Booker, guy too. I don't think Booker T would have had the singles career if it weren't for Harlem Heat. I don't think people would have looked at him the way they do now. Um, because of his time in Harlem Heat. If they didn't yeah, have Harlem Heat, I should that's say. That's how I fell in love with Booker T. Uh, I had a soft spot for both of the guys, but uh, Booker T took off. And then, uh, yeah, I was always a fan. Um, from the moment I saw them, man, that was kind of what hooked me in WCW was their tag team of them and the Steiners and then the NWO stuff and the Cruiserweight stuff. I was really into that. Um, and Booker T and the Harlem Heat. That was, I was, that was my go-to tag team. <laughs> yeah, no, they were fun to watch. I, I like them. I like their stuff with the Steiners. I like their stuff with the Nasty Boys. Um, definitely, definitely some fun stuff from the Harlem Heat. I, I, I de- definitely deserving. I felt though, like going into this Hall of Fame, that um, Booker T didn't need to be a two-time Hall of Famer. Um, if anything, like he should have gone in as Harlem Heat with Stevie Ray. But at the same time, you know. You can make the argument that he could that going in solo was the right move for him as well. But a two-time Hall of Famer, I think that's reserved for guys who are like really up there, like past Booker T, guys like a Brett, guys like a Ric Flair, guys like a Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, it was it, it was it was a nice it was a nice tribute that he had uh, he had put together for his brother. And Stevie's speech was pretty cool too. So telling about you know how they got together and how they you know met Eddie Gilbert and eventually Sid. And so it was it was a nice speech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Sid was a huge fan of them. All yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Let's uh, move on. Next one. The main event. Um, so to speak, uh, DX who did not get inductors, they came out on their little DX tank and they, they, um, they, they handed out glow sticks and, you know, um, made fun of the fact that they've gotten old and, uh, you know, some of their stuff was pretty funny. Um, they kind of started out this speech with triple H basically saying like, um, you know, you know, guys, there's this rule that, you know, you can't thank Vince McMahon and you can't say Vince McMahon's name during your Hall of Fame speech. So, you know, whatever you guys do, do not thank Vince McMahon. Do not say his name. And Road Dogg's like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I can't say Vince McMahon? Can the people say Vince McMahon? The crowd starts chanting Vince McMahon. And then, you know, X-Pac's like, where, where in the rules did they say you can't thank Vince McMahon? And Shawn Michaels like, for the love of God, you just can't thank Vince McMahon. There's a piece of paper in his stationery that says, do not thank Vince McMahon. 
during your Hall of Fame speech, and then Billy Gunn gets up and goes, well, they can't fire me. <laughs> and everyone, of course, referring to the fact that he's a part of all elite wrestling. Piss and Triple H company. Goes, yeah, exactly. Triple H said, well, Vince is going to buy that piss ant company so he can fire you again. Um, and there were some, there were some you know, subtle digs and joking um, on Triple H's part that was directed towards all elite wrestling, talking about um, how he – Triple H says, you know, I'm the executive vice president of talent and creative. Um, you know, and it sounds important. It's long and it sounds important. And if you put your name – if you put executive vice president in front of anyone's name, it sounds important. And that was another shot at AEW for the fact that Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega all are an executive vice president role for AEW. So that was kind of funny. Um, you know, some of the speeches were, were heartfelt. You know, Road Dog thanking his wife and his kids and, um, you know, his family for supporting him through his years uh, when he was, you know, abusing drugs and alcohol. Billy Gunn, same thing. Billy Gunn couldn't get through his speech. Yeah, um, he and was then the doing the squirt gun part. That was pretty Yeah, funny. he did the squirt gun thing. Like, that was kind of stupid. Um, you know, uh, X-Pac had a pretty solid speech talking about how, you know, he just kind of reconnected with his kids and they were there. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that was good. And he had trouble getting through it as well. Very emotional. Um, Shawn Michaels barely had a speech because Shawn Michaels said that his wife and kids didn't even come to WrestleMania weekend. And he blames DX for that. Um, All the time that he spent with them and not with his family in like a very tongue in cheek joking manner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Hunter, of course, you know, thanking his wife and his kids, Stephanie McMahon. Um, Of course, they showed like uh, crude pictures of saggy breasts. Yeah, because X-Pac kind of talked about the fact that he still kept in touch with the women that used to show their tits at all the shows. And so <laughs> they, they, they did all that, and that was kind of stupid. Um, they recognized China, which I thought was really cool. I honestly thought that China's mother was going to be out there with them um, because X-Pac on his social media posted a picture of him and uh, China's mom in uh, the green room at the at the hotel where WWE is staying. And uh, I, he had even said on his podcast that WWE had something special planned for her. Um, and then X-Pac, the line of the, the his speech was, you know, they should make the women's battle royal the China Memorial Battle Royal, um, which I think is I think would be a nice touch because I think the WrestleMania women's battle royal is kind of bland. And so, we're going to China. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One night in China. Damn it. Hey, pal. Um, so, um, you know, I felt like their speech went a little too long. I'll be honest with you. Um, At one point, you know, I thought they were going to wrap it up with Hunter um, thanking, you know, like I said, he thanked his wife and his kids and um, and and the fans and all the guys, you know, that he got to work with. Like DX, who is his wife, who is Stephanie McMahon, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I didn't But, yeah, so he did that, and um, then that's why I thought they were going to wrap it up. And then they were like, nope, we have to apologize to all the generational wrestling fans for getting suspended from school because you told your teachers or your other fellow you know, students to suck it and do crotch chops. So they brought the DX podium out, uh, kind of a takeoff of that skit that they did in 98 with the whole presidential thing. And that kind of ran long. And then they finally did the, the New Age Outlaws intro and – you know, the are you ready and all that other stuff. And and then, you know, then they finally ended it. And, you know, Billy Gunn was like, if, you know, you're not down with DX going to the Hall of Fame, we got two words for you. And they yelled, suck it. And, you know, then they, that's how they kind of ended it. And they did the whole squirt gun thing with all them. Um, 
I thought overall the Hall of Fame, despite, you know, some of the stuff we had talked about, was pretty good in terms of the, the pacing. Like, last year, the Hall of Fame almost went five hours, and it was fucking brutal to get through. So this year, it went about three, almost a little over three and a half, and I thought it was a good pace for the show. Um, there was some highlights. There were some lowlights. Wasn't the greatest class, but... Um, I like the setup different this year with the ring and they, they did the speeches in the ring with the stairs, you know, uh, you know, very award show style, uh, had that vibe to it. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the presentation of it. Didn't feel like I was dragging, um, you know, throughout the show. And they made a lot of references to Hillbilly Jim because his speech went on forever last year. So, um, Road Dog even said that uh, at one point during his speech, he was like, Hillbilly Jim helped me prepare my speech, um, which got a pretty big pop. So um, as I'm going on and on talking, talking everyone's ear off um, about this. But, yeah, so overall, I thought it was a, a solid show, very well paced. And, uh, you know, it's the Hall of Fame. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked a good moment here. We kind of jumped over. I mean, we're trying to skim through it. But it was oh, very sorry. funny between... No, very funny between the Miz and Shane McMahon, the reaction of the camera back and oh, forth. Oh yes, yes, and yes, the fans that was good. Were like boo to Shane, and then cheering the Miz, and then they were making facial expressions back and forth. <laughs> it got funny. It was good. They did that with Kofi and Daniel Bryan too. Yes, yes. And I thought that was very good, good stuff as well. Yeah, the, the fans, good. the fans are really ready for for Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You could Kofi's feel it, man. Wife is like, hot. Sorry. Yeah, it was funny, like, too, like, New Day was getting into it, the kids, like, even Kofi's son was getting into it, like, it oh, was yeah. just, it was, it, was a, it was a fun moment to, to watch. Yep, yep. Um, all right, let's, let's skip right to the WrestleMania review. Let's talk about the network real quick. Um, uh, so we had some technical difficulties with the network. We uploaded 100-plus podcasts in more than a month, so uh, they told us to hold off for the month. Uh, sorry folks so we are still on podbean go to podbean you can uh subscribe there and everything will be uploaded at the beginning of the month uh no way we're going to go over that again um uh, but this month we will be on the regular old streams we'll have kicking out at two marking out the days and some gaijin wrestling radio here and there um so uh as well as hulkamania is dead um so yeah stay tuned for that uh, sorry about that. It's just another Hulknet wrench in the system. A big boot. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. But we're gonna kick out it too, and we're gonna make a comeback, and we're gonna put this. We're, we're gonna put all these technical difficulties down for the three count at some point. Um, yeah. Like like Kobe said, uh, marking out the days, kicking out at two. Hulkamania is dead. Gaijin Wrestling Radio. You can find that on the old stream on iTunes. Uh, you can also find links to the kicking out at two show on. Our, on the Facebook page as well as Twitter, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two, at kicking out two, as well as soundcloud.com for all your kicking out at two needs right now available over on. Um our social media and SoundCloud, you can find a special bonus watch party. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. Justin and I sat down recently. We watched that Mania, that Mania classic. Um, so as you're getting ready for WrestleMania later tonight, uh, watch the greatest match in WrestleMania history with us. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. Hell yeah. Sounds fun. Um, yeah, so everything will be 
the archive is there on Podbean. If you guys want to start digging in the archive, if you haven't become familiar with it yet, I know we got a lot of new listeners this coming weekend and last week. Um, so thank you very much for listening and staying tuned with us. Check out Podbean. Stay tuned. March 1st will be the official relaunch of that. Uh, we will still be here on the Old Fiends like old feeds like we said Hulkamania is dead will be dropping on Monday after Wrestlemania weekend uh speaking of Wrestlemania let's get into it real quick let's run down uh a few things that we're excited for the Wrestlemania card and then let's get out of here and have everybody enjoy their weekend that's let's do it man all right so the Wrestlemania card is a women's battle royal uh, there's going to be a lot of women involved there. Asuka, Carmella, Naomi, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke. I mean, a lot of these girls were busy throughout the year somewhat. And Mickey James as well, Zelina Vega. Uh, man, I just think there's, they need more storytelling with the women. We should have gotten Naomi and Asuka in a match. Um, and we didn't get that. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Um, what do you think? This is what it is. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, yeah. Are we running down the whole card? Or are we just picking out stuff that we that we like? I'm just talking about specific stuff here with the card. John Cena doesn't have a match. Kevin Owens doesn't have a match. What's going to happen? You know, like, are we just yeah, doing? Yeah. Are we just doing appearances now from Legends? Undertaker doesn't have anything up. I guess we're just doing these big spots now. Ever since the Rock yeah. came aboard. Yeah. I. I mean, as far as the women's battle royal goes. Um, you know, if I'm going to pick a winner, it's Lacey Evans. I think she's literally going to do nothing and kind of do her little walk down the ramp and everyone's going to think, oh, she's just doing her normal stick and then she's going to run in there and just dump whoever's left in the ring and then, you know, kind of have her, her, her 15 minutes of fame, so to speak, and, and, and create that moment for her. But, yeah, there definitely needs to be some more storytelling. This was kind of thrown together at the last minute to get the girls on the card, which I understand because the girls deserve to be on the card, all the hard work they're putting in. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully it's renamed the China Memorial Battle Royale. And hopefully there's some stakes involved um, with with a winner of this battle royal instead of just carrying around that uterus trophy that they fucking created <laughs> for those women. <laughs> Holy cow! It looks like a fucking a gold uterus. Yeah. Um, they need to do something about that. Like that's ridiculous. But um, to your point about the legends, um, you know, Owens not having a match, um, Cena not having a match, you know, Undertaker not having a match. Um, I'm okay with Undertaker not having a match. Um, an appearance, I would be. You can't have a WrestleMania without him. So, like, I, I have a feeling he'll be a part of it somehow. Maybe interrupting Elias, Cena, same thing. Maybe he'll interrupt Elias, kind of play off of last year a little bit um, with him and Undertaker and Elias. Um, you know, Kevin Owens. It wouldn't shock me if Kevin Owens at the last minute gets inserted into the WWE Championship match with Kofi and Daniel Bryan because mm. he was the one that he was the one that was inserted into the fast lane match taking Kofi's place. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if they did that. However, I think people really just want to see Kofi and Brian in the singles. And so I think maybe Owens will probably just be a part of the battle Royal and have a strong role on that with the uh, Andre, the giant battle Royal, I should say. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, well, well, we'll see. Time will tell. I'm very excited for the, I was excited for the Samoa Joe, Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterio kind of coming off an ankle injury. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm excited to see what Natalia and Beth Phoenix bring to the card with the tag team match. Um, even though it's it's you know toppled with some other people, 
And then the uh, Triple H and Batista. Definitely uh, going to be good, but they kind of already spoiled it because Triple H is set to wrestle in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, he could retire and wrestle like Sean did. But, uh, yeah, I think Triple H is getting this one. AJ Styles and Randy Orton should be a good one. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre should be a, uh, a good one I'm looking forward to. I think Roman Reigns gets this victory, though, and possibly gets involved with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. I think Brock Lesnar is going over since Kofi will have to go over. Uh, there's so much juice behind him. Um, I'm predicting Kofi goes over and Seth Rollins does not do the job. And then the final match, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. Uh, definitely looking forward to that first women's main event for WrestleMania in 35 years. Well-deserved for all three of these women. I watched the Charlotte Flair Chronicle. Uh, it's very insightful, but uh, she's pushed hard for this for a long time, and she's worked her ass off, and so have all these ladies, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a match. Definitely the one I'm looking forward to the most. Why don't you run me down um, your, yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, the, 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 I'll, go, I'll go back a little bit. Um, Roman and Drew should be fun. Uh, I think Roman's definitely going to get a victory here. Um, you know, Mania match, first big match coming back after his battle with leukemia. That's a no-brainer right there. Um, you know, I, I, that's a dark horse for me in terms of, like, a, a show stealer. But I think what's really going to steal the show is AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to that match the most and from the men's side. Um, their stuff the even though their interaction on this on this path has been limited um you know some verbal shots here and there but this was kind of like thrown together at the 11th i wouldn't say thrown together at the 11th hour but they've the buildup hasn't been as strong um from but what they've done has been pretty good uh i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with randy orton here um with a victory over aj styles i think there's more to come with these two um as far as triple h and batista goes I don't like the fact that they put his career on the line. They did this the last time he he wrestled at MetLife against Brock six years ago in, in WrestleMania 29. I think it's dumb. It's not needed. Um, yeah, this the was, storytelling uh, has been shitty with this, especially the stuff with Rick and then using the real-life story and then the not-life story, and this is kayfabe, but this isn't kayfabe. And, yeah. Uh, like, I like the – it was a hot start when they did the whole, you know, and he returned and he, you know – do I have your attention now? And like, that was a hot start. And then like, it just kind of like they, they went from that to like, all right, we're going to give, we're going to have the match, you know, like it, it was just, it is what it is. Um, I'm not looking forward to it, but you know, who knows? Maybe it'll surprise me, but obviously Hunter's going over here. Yeah. I'm a Batista um, fan though. So yeah. yeah, I like Batista as a heel. He does a good job as a heel. Um, so I, I think it should be all right, but I don't expect it to be um, a classic by any means. Um, as far as the the women go for the main event, I'm really looking forward to it. I think they're gonna they're gonna do it up. Um, the theatrics of WrestleMania behind it. Um, this being the um, you know the first time women are main eventing a WrestleMania, I think it's pretty cool. And um, if I'm gonna pick a winner, I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch. Um, she's she's hot right now, and she needs. I would say she needs the victory, but it would she, she would fall short. Um, her character would fall short and kind of lose some steam if she didn't win. However, it wouldn't surprise me if they put they gave it to Charlotte and then yeah. Becky chases Charlotte yeah. um, post WrestleMania. Yeah. So, um, which I wouldn't be mad at either, but you I think they want that. I think they want that moment for Becky um, on, on Kofi and Daniel Bryan. That's a tough one for me to pick. 
because Kofi's been red hot. However, man, Daniel Bryan has done this heel role so well oh, yeah. that I feel like people, if Kofi lost, they would still invest in seeing Kofi chase the title. So for the purposes of, of, of a WrestleMania moment, I'm giving it to uh, I'm, I'm going to give it to Kofi. I think he's going to win yes. um, and, and, and beat Daniel Bryan for the title. Uh, Brock and Seth. It's that's that's a no brainer. That's Brock Lesnar right there, but especially if they're going to Saudi Arabia uh, in, in two months, they're they're Brock's not turning down that oil money. <laughs> OK, mm-hmm. to, to to go in there, not as the champion. So um, even though it's rumored, he's going to fight Daniel Cormier um, in UFC later this summer. Uh, I don't think Brock Lesnar is losing this match. And with Rollins being hurt with the back injury and him being limited um, in the ring going into this match, I'm sure he's probably 100 percent. But, you know, I I don't see Rollins, you know, pulling out the victory here. You know, Brock's a sure bet, in my opinion, just based on his track record. Yeah. Um, Well. That sounds like a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a long day of wrestling. Um, well, long eve of wrestling, if you will. It's been a hell of a weekend. Action-packed. Um, thanks for joining me again with this. This has been fun. Um, you excited? You ready? Yeah, I am ready to go. Uh, I'll, I'll have the. I'll have, you know... Yeah. Pizza and snacks and some friends over. I'll certainly have the coffee brewing because it's going to be a long night. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's been a fun weekend. It's been pretty cool. And, uh, you know, the, the, the launch of our, of our network, Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, um, it's been pretty cool. So, uh, you know, and, it, and it's still underway. It's, there's still more things to come. We're still adding content. So bear with us. Be patient. But thank you also very much for coming along on the ride with us here at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, folks. And uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. You can follow us on Twitter at Retromania Pod. You can write to us at Retromania Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, Dave, where can everybody find you? And uh, then we'll get out of here. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. Yes, indeed. And uh, like we said, Podbean is up. That's the archive. And we'll be on the streams for the rest of the month transitioning and let you guys know. Um, Then after April is done, there will be no more on this stream. So uh, just keep your ears peeled, if you will. Keep your ears clean, guys. That's really like it's healthy, too. It's like, you know, like death (laughs) comes from the gums. Also, uh, death rears in the ears. So... uh, Clean out your ears, brush your teeth, floss your teeth, and uh, watch WrestleMania tonight. And wash your ass, too. Make sure you wash your ass. <laughs> yes. If we're doing hygiene, you have to wa- wash your ass. And if you're a male, wash your ass and your balls. And if you're a woman, wash your tits, pits, and naughty bits. Yes, indeed. Hygiene Squad. All right. Um, hygiene Squad out. Can nobody really talk about that? All right, Dave. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Face. No, we ain't tapping out what guy ain't put this way. Whoa, go real attack this.